The Revamped Podcast, hosted by Lindsay Hepner. Rebuilding the digital entrepreneur. All right, guys, we're back. I'm with Steven today because I just don't want Chris on today, to be honest. He is a lot, right, Steven, as his brother? Yeah, he's wearing flip-flops in the studio right now. It's not conducive to our audio. Yeah, and playing with Zoe. And playing with Zoe yeah. and yelling in the background whenever he hears something he doesn't like. <laughs> He's like a kid. Yeah. Like temper tantrum child. Yeah, it looks like one too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Cut your hair. <laughs> Cut your hair and stop getting only your clothes from Lululemon. Do you want me to it's say that? It's a woman's store. <laughs> and they felt bad for men. That's why they just gave you a certain section. <laughs> they had too many men in there going oh this is women <laughs> they're like okay we have to make us a mini male section <laughs> just so they don't keep confusing themselves that this is a woman's uh, store <laughs> uh, he's gonna beat himself up tonight over that i hope so i hope he comes in with a new outfit yeah watch on the next podcast he's just not gonna talk to Lindsay. <laughs> Oh, man. Steven is our producer, which does all the behind the scenes, a.k.a. deals with my BS on text all the time and handles and my rants and demands at you mixed with memes throughout. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling him I'm kind of dyslexic because I critique and then. I'm very thankful for everything, whereas a lot of people, or even that book that I've been reading about how you're supposed to share your thankfulness first and then critique. I just don't know how to do it, guys. And I'm just honest about it. I'm honest with Steven and the team about it that I'm dyslexic in that area, but I will always be thankful for everything just after (laughs) I tell you what's wrong. Okay. I'm still waiting for the after. (laughs) Hey, I do say I'm thankful. No, yeah, she's thankful. She's thankful after she gets done berating us. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, today we have on Drew Kirsch, which this is why Steven's sitting here, because he is very in line with how Drew's mentality works in the sense of we are creatives and we film and we're behind the scenes. So Stephen kind of wants to, you know, break down the episode a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Drew's going to give you a story that a lot of directors give you in the L.A. area of dropping everything and coming down here. You know, a lot of them decide not to go to college, come down here like Drew. Um, and he is the success story of that. You know, it. I, what I will say is that this is not, you know, the golden Hollywood dream that it used to be is that it's a very, very impacted market. And, you know, music videos are a dime a dozen, but he's figured out a way to make every music video that he puts his stamp on work to the utmost um, ability that it should as a marketing tool for the artist. And you probably saw Drew um, at the VMAs standing behind Taylor Swift for, I think it was music video of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, 
that is a great feat for any of us in that industry is trying to get to a place where you feel like your work is finally legitimate. You know, yeah. you're not being used as just a director or a producer to pump out a marketing tool. You're being used as an asset towards um, a bigger scheme of things like an album rollout or or um, the the visuals that go hand in hand with the song and what people will be reminded of again and again. And he does that with Quinn, um, where he does creative direction for him. And then he does that with Taylor, where, you know, Taylor directs her own music videos. But obviously there needs to be some workhorse in between that because Taylor Swift is an artist. She's spending her time recording all the time. And Drew is that workhorse behind that, that shapes that vision and sees it out to its best version of itself. And that's what you do, too. That's, that's I, why yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a logistics end. I'm a producer. He's a director. He gets to do all the fun, creative, and conception stuff. And I get to find eight locations for him, and then he'll choose one and tell me that the rest are dog shit or something. <laughs> he doesn't know me, though. Drew, you're a great guy. <laughs> no, I mean, each each task and each area of even I, I did one music video for a talent from Finland and, you know, the creative part, I can really, really understand and relate to it, Drew, because it is a lot of work. It is really like capturing the song that they're singing and making it come to life, which there's some times where you can listen to a song and love it and then watch the video and just be so disappointed and you can almost like not even like the song anymore because of the visuals, right? Yeah, that happens a lot, especially yeah. when, you know, I, I'm in the seat that, you know, does those videos. And if I see a video come out that I wanted the bid to mm -hmm. and I wanted to do and then they just fall on the video. Yeah. It's disappointing. Like, yeah. honestly, it it, it, it kind of makes you mad. Yeah. You know, because it had so much potential. But Yeah. And it can do the reversal as well. Absolutely. Um. But we, I think what's really great about this episode is this is a story about fake it till you make it and it actually coming true. And I think since we're in the industry and we live in the heart of Los Angeles, there's a lot of people around us that have this mentality. And I think it's even just projected so much from all of us that we all have to act like we have everything going on, you know, and with social media, especially in this digital space, I think it's even more amplified because of the fact that Instagram is telling you, you have to highlight everything you do. So not only do you have to have a great job at this specific genre that you do, you also have to be great at everything. So this fake it till you make it mentality is always being projected. Like you always have to show this greatness about yourself, even though maybe on the other side of the fence, you're not doing that great of a job or whatever. But I think what's really good about the fake it till you make it mentality is it's reminding you every day of where you want to be. And I think manifestation and telling yourself that you're great is honestly a really good thing. And being positive about yourself is really, really important, not tearing yourself down every day. So I think it's actually a good process because when you tell yourself every day, I'm going to go achieve this, I'm going to go do this, 
it's actually going to happen versus someone who says, I'm not good enough. I don't think I can do this. I fear this, right? Yeah. So that's what's exciting about this actual episode is we are talking to Drew about how he kind of show showcased his whole timeline of, you know, being like, yeah, I, you know, I can do this, I can do this, and then actually fucking doing it. So I love that. And yeah. And so we are going to go into this amazing episode with Drew Kirsch. Absolutely. Let's Here do we it. Go. Guys, we have uh, Drew Kirsch on the, the show today. I'm really excited because I haven't seen Drew in a really long time. And we talk a lot, but the last time we actually saw each other was... Not at Iceland after that. Yes. We did go to Iceland together, which was... I like Probably the best trip ever we've done. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And you almost didn't go, right? Weren't you like... Yeah. Well, no, I'd gone like a two-month span of... I was gone for two months. It was like yeah. VMAs, Burning Man, my birthday. Drew, do you want to go? Life is beautiful. Drew, do you want to go to Iceland? We need you on a plane in a few hours. Sure. I show up a day early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Was it that? <laughs> I don't think that was Tulum. No, I think it was Tulum. But wait, can we just please talk about that story? I've gone on trips with Drew a few times. And one time he went to the airport early and checked in. I really want you to tell a early, story. Let's keep in mind that I left at 4 a.m. Bags packed for a two-week trip. I show up to the airport and I'm like, oh, hmm, where is everyone? I guess I'm a little bit early. I'll just wait. And so I keep waiting for them. And then I go to check in and I'm like, yeah, I'm here with Vamped, uh, Lindsay Hepner. And, and they're like, Okay, yeah, it's going to be a while until the flight. And I was like, have any of them checked in? She's like, I don't think so. I mean, it's kind of far away. And I was like, huh, it's kind of weird. Like, she could have just told me like, hey, your flight's the next day. She just figured I was there 24 hours early to hang out, I guess. <laughs> so I'm in the airport just chilling. Like, where the hell are they? None of them are answering their phones. And then I finally figure out our flight is the next day. Yeah, it was bad. And it sucked. And I just remember you calling me going like, I'm so mad. I want to stay here just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah, just to punish myself. I do that all the time. Do you really? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know what? You messed up. You're, yeah. You need to yeah. stay here. Yeah, you're figuring this out yourself. <laughs> I also, too, remember a situation um, where it was me, you, Jackie, um, uh, sharing a hotel room in Monterey and I would always get mad at Jackie because she'd always wake me up and you were the one person that slithered into the bed next to me and didn't wake me fucking oh, up. It was, I'm a pro. It was My crazy. mom, she like wakes up if you like drop a pencil in the other room. So in high school when I was like sneaking out all the time, I became like a ninja. Yeah, you were. And I was so surprised because Jackie usually wakes me up like she's just about to get into bed and I open my eyes and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, I'm sorry, I tried so hard. We won't go into Jackie's stories. <laughs> yeah, Jackie's so great. Um, Jackie used to be one of my uh, graphic designers and she would come with me everywhere so it was amazing by the way who i see now in the she's, music video scene she's amazing and killing it yeah she's in the music scene. It. yeah so i mean drew for everyone that doesn't know who you are do you want to kind of you this i don't want to talk about myself come on you, you love this i do not like this okay I'm, I'm a music video director commercial director and film director 
Yes. And you may have seen his work where? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Um, I mean, I think the biggest piece of work I've ever done is Taylor Swift's two videos, Calm Down and Lover. And I saw Calm Down last night um, just to, you know, go over it. And it's at 220 million views. That's That's awesome. I did not know that it was that. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really high. That's crazy. And, you know, it was such it was such a beautiful video. It was really well done. So I I commend you for that. But um, also, okay. so how did you get here? I mean, I think that anyone that's listening and who is a huge fan and fan of your work and you obviously have a very specific aesthetic. And so we met me and Drew met a while back on um, a shoot with Jojo and Diff Eyewear. And it was such a cool video. Um, and then after we just started talking and kind of like hit shooting the shit. And then we started working together on, on other projects. But, um, what, what like got you to that, that point, you know, cause yeah. Jojo's huge. She's yeah. huge. Yeah. Celebrity. I mean, to make a long story kind of short, it basically started as me as like a videographer, I would say like it was just a DSLR myself. I would rent equipment, but I didn't have anyone to like help me set it up. I would like rent lights and just kind of like, like, all right, this looks good here. Uh, doing everything on my own. And that was also because I didn't, I didn't have the money. I didn't have, I didn't know anyone, things like that. Um, and then I eventually started getting budgets. It started, I think I got like my first like real budget and a real budget was like three grand for me. And that was for Black Bear. Got at it. the time. Um, and I took that 3000 and just invested all of it into crew. And like, I didn't really know what I was doing, but it was like, okay, here's this role, this role and this role. Um, and like, let's make this, you know, a lot better than what I was doing at the time but as I, a videographer. So now I'm like transitioning into directing. Yeah. So even with, even with, I mean, anyone who knows music video or actually doesn't know about music videos, um, it is really hard to get a big budget for those kind of things. Absolutely. There's so many people in LA that want to do that job and want the opportunity. And the fact that you put that whole budget into creative, I mean, you, if you look at that video, it looks like it was so expensive, you know, mm-hmm. but you have a vision in all the things that you do. And for you and your craft, I feel like you wouldn't half-ass anything because of the fact that your aesthetic is very personable to you you know like Mm -hmm. every time i see something that you've done i know it's you even if i never even talk to you about it and when i was listening to even quinn today i saw the album cover and i'm like this is drew like all over it yeah so i think a lot of people don't realize like how much of your own time and money and and the value it is to like just hire you on a project like that even if there's no budget that the creative juices that come out of you looks like a hundred thousand yeah. dollar budget yeah and i learned that super early on before even that video like my older videos were all shot in black and white because we were like mixing color temperatures and i knew they weren't going to look great but if you put something in black and white they just looked Jeez. higher end and like i'm all about perception like that is everything for me like it's been the whole uh, probably the most important thing to where i am now because you know even when i first directed everyone thought I had been directing for a while just because of the way I was like carrying myself and, you know, 
making that perception on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so the re- the slogan of fake it till you make it is pretty is, much, is truth. to be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that was it for me. Um, and even when I met you, I mean, we were, we were working with some pretty big deal people. Um, who was like, who was your favorite person to work with creatively? Because I mean, obviously you have such a spectrum of people you've worked with, yeah. but also too, like you're the type of person, like even when we work together, that collaboration is really important mm-hmm. for you and for people to see your vision and really understand like what you're trying to achieve yeah. visually. Um, whereas I, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of just do a simple music video or mm-hmm. simple directing, but you have like this, uh, like, very imaginative kind of yeah. Uh, idea yeah. for things. I don't necessarily have like a favorite person I've worked with, but I mean, there's just a few artists that are very special to me because they were like landmarks. Um, and, you know, uh, one of those would be like Quinn 92 because we've grown together so much. And he was one of the first artists like we, we really blend, like our styles like, together felt really cohesive and, We've carried that for, I don't even know how many years now, five to seven years. Oh, wow. I didn't know you were working with him for that long. That's crazy. Maybe maybe like, I don't even know, maybe five years. Like I just got a gold record from him the other day in the mail, Wow, like a plaque and everything. And that was like the first album cover we did, which is cool, you know? So like, that's a special artist to me. Um, And Taylor Swift too, like has now catapulted me into another part of my career, which is great. So she's really important. I mean, they're all great. Like, I haven't really worked with any artists that I haven't loved that you're like, and like you know that what? I yeah, like no, I thanks. still have relationships with and and so and that's important too, right? With the relationships that you have in this industry, because how small is the industry? I mean, so small. It's like everyone they, knows everyone, everyone knows everyone, the labels, yeah. all the commissioner, video commissioners, who are the people who got like help facilitate finding the director. They all know each other. I mean, it's it's political and it's small and. So when and you have to be aware of that for sure. Yeah. So when you're, if you're gaining into this industry and you're wanting to be a director, it's like really important, no matter how big or small they are, like you totally. have to do, the, you totally. have to be yeah. good to them. And I forgot to mention another artist, David Sebastian, that is like, was my mentor before getting budgets and like getting to where I am now. Like he taught me so much about perception and about making things feel way bigger than they are. And you know, he, he had a mindset for marketing and a mindset for production value and just kind of a, a very talented all around artist and business person. So can you give us an example of like what you mean by, you know, raising the bar on perception? Um, like visually, I guess. Let me think. I mean, I, I, for, for us, it was when I was working with David at the time, we knew we were like the smallest fish and it was like, how are we going to get someone to look at us at Mm -hmm. all? Right. Mm -hmm. So our method was let's be bold, let's be provocative and let's break all the music video rules. Mm -hmm. The music video rules. There's actually pretty much a set of rule book, like a set rule book. I mean, even like, like something I run into all the time is like, we're like, Oh, let's do an intro. Let's do like a 15 second intro. Labels always want to shut it down. They're like, no, "No," because they might skip it because they just want to hear the song and whatever, whatever rules they have. Whereas with David, like at the time he didn't have a record label. We were free to do whatever we wanted. We didn't take care about permits. We didn't care about 
licensing rights to anything it was just free for all let's make the best thing let's make it bold and if it gets taken down or if we get a cease and desist letter we know we're doing something right yeah so like it like, was super minute. run and gun gorilla like we i mean i have stories that could go on for days about him and i like we would sneak into things and shoot places i mean we went one time this is an amazing story one time we were at the mgm in vegas and I was on a skateboard, like with my camera, trying to like mimic a dolly shot while he's in the middle of the Vegas, like or in uh, middle of MGM in front of those like gold lions. And security comes and they're like, "What are you guys doing? Like, you can't be filming in here." And like, we're just like rapping like to a boombox. He's rapping to a boombox. Like, what are you guys doing in here? And David's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, calm down. I'm an artist. I'm performing here tomorrow night, and MGM has given me the rights to film all over this location." Oh my gosh! And the Amazing. security guard was like, "Oh, I'm I, I'm so sorry. Let me just get you guys someone that can take you around so you can shoot everywhere and have no problems." So next thing I know, we're being taken around Las Vegas around MGM. And we're like, yeah, we want to stand up on the poker table and like shoot a scene there. And the guy would be like, okay, like let's close there. it off for a second. <laughs> they didn't check anything. And by the end of it, like after four hours of shooting there, oh man, we had like a steak dinner and we were just laughing about it after. It was awesome. I feel like that happens a lot because as long as you like are confident in what you're saying totally. and you sound like you're legit, yeah, it can easily just, because I mean, you have to think about it. Someone who's like a security guard is mm -hmm. going to their day to day job. They're not like checking in with any higher ups and, and they don't want to question you yeah. or the artist because that makes them yeah. look bad. And you're not so. going to get arrested for lying to a yeah. security guard. Like you're going to get kicked out. Like we always exactly. knew we weren't going to get in that much trouble. Like I think most people are just too scared for the embarrassment or, or whatever that is. And yeah, but you got to take those risks and. And it's also Evolve. like apologize later, you know, yeah. like for how many things that we haven't done permits for. Yeah. I mean, we've we've actually gotten into a lot of conversations with people like, hey, what are you doing? But as long as you're friendly and kind of like, have, totally. you know, have a kind of a storyline yeah. of what you're doing, people kind of just don't care. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Okay, well, and I've been mind. in the other situation, too, where like I've had the police come to our shoots and like one time I had a helicopter flying above our shoot in Long Beach and they were like, who's in charge here? Everyone's pointing to me and like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it to be to, for this to like blow up, but I'm just a student at Santa Monica, yes, which I was not. Student I was card. like, I'm a student at Santa Monica. This is my feet, my senior thesis film. And I'm just trying to get some <laughs> stuff. And they'd be like, all right, man, wrap it up. Like, yeah, just one more finish, shot. Just finish. Yeah. yeah. No, so. I, the student card is so key because yeah. then they feel bad for you. No, I can't do the student card as much. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, the older we get, that doesn't work. But I feel like that's worked for a really long time. And totally. it's like, okay, this, this, this project isn't going anywhere. So yeah. That's what they think. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like you kind of just have to be a little bit bold, especially in this industry. And, Absolutely. And if you don't have a budget. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just remember you have, especially in LA, you have hundreds and hundreds of other kids trying to take your job. Totally. And and that also is such a big deal of having your own aesthetic. Yeah, for sure. You know, because... It goes right into that. And that was another thing I learned at the time too. It was, you know, I wanted to do movies from the start. But I didn't know like what I wanted those to look like. And that got kind of, when I started doing music videos, I had heard from other directors like, look, music videos are a great place to find 
your style. Mm -hmm. And so like that's what I was searching for for a few years. You know, I was doing black and white. Like I was doing just all just experimenting really. And then I found something that I really loved that I understood that came to me like easily. And then I noticed other people liked it too. So I just kind of kept going with that and with that and snowballing and now I'm here now. And and with music videos, it's it's more short form you know, content. So Mm -hmm. you kind of like are working with a lot of different people and seeing like actually what you like to do. Totally. Um, Was music videos ever something that you were like, that's what I want to get into? Or you just fell into that? I completely fell into it. Like I was trying to go to UCLA film school. I wanted to get right into movies. Um, I did this wedding video. I mean, I used to shoot everything, like, which is one of, I tell young filmmakers now I'm like, shoot, everything you can free not free whatever just even if it's a ballet recital like shoot it you will learn something from it yeah um but i ended up doing a wedding video and people like loved this wedding video and this rapper that i went to college with had seen it and he was like this is amazing he was like (laughs) you should come to la and and work with rick ross and shoot my rap videos and, and this and that and i was like who like who watches music videos anymore? I'm like those aren't those dead? And I came down here and I was like, you know what? Like it'll, let's try it. It'll be fun. So he introduced me to an artist named Jinsu, and I think I shot the video for $150, and I broke my camera lens on the on the spot. Oh my! And gosh. I was crushed. I had like no money at the time, and I just remember being like, this is all I have. And his manager ended up like paying for it, which was really nice. But I did that video and. I showed them when it was done and they flipped. Like they had so much appreciation, appreciation, oh my God. Appreciation. Appreciation for it. And I felt really good. And then I'd like seen the like, the comments and like this small little world of music videos kind of opened up. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, these are like kind of a thing and like it feels good. And so I started visiting like music video sets and looking into big music video directors and kind of finding how they were transitioning from music videos to film and learning about, you know, finding your style in music videos that can all just be like a stepping stone to film. I, I think that's really important to know that, like, because I think a lot of people, you know, feel, um, you know, like entitled to be like, I, I wouldn't film that or yeah. I wouldn't, fil- you know, I wouldn't do this for no money or whatever. But I think when you're starting out, you know, perfecting your craft is really important totally. and just doing a couple things is not going to make you a better a better uh videographer for or director or whatever and even yeah. like i i feel like even too with like creative directing or or anything like that like as long as you're doing something you love it shouldn't feel like work yeah even, no matter what price tag you absolutely put on it. yeah i always loved doing it when i found out i could get paid doing it i was like this is insane yeah this is the best thing ever yeah and And anyone who hasn't checked out drew's work it's it's so magical like even as like your friend i'm so impressed with what you think of and i we just talked about it before uh your staple that i think is is like the colors Mm -hmm. like the really cool colors this vintage vibe like 70s vibe yeah mixed with really random things going on like uh blenders without tops and just eggs cigarettes with eggs yeah (laughs) just like all these little details that kind of i feel like 
if you if you are just looking at a music video for the first time and you know Drew's work and you saw an egg or a blender, yeah. you'd be like, he directed yeah, this. Yeah, I have sure. a funny story about that. So, like, I couldn't tell anyone I was doing the Taylor Swift stuff. And she put the trailer out for the music video. And, like, three of my friends hit me up. And they're like, dude, someone's ripping you off. Like, they're ripping <laughs> off your style. And I was just laughing so hard. You're I was like, like, that's such a good sign. I was like, they know it's me. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. And and I think that's what you want to know. And you want to be in this industry is something that people will remember you no matter what. If yeah. you, they don't see your name, they know totally. that it's you. Yeah. And how has that been when it comes to after? I mean, let's talk about if we can Taylor Swift. I mean, that's huge. That's like, mm -hmm. where do you go after that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right away to commercials and films and signing with new companies and things like that you know film's always been the goal tv and movies so right as that happened it was you know i was getting a lot of emails and deciding what you know where i wanted to go with that so that's what i'm doing now i also signed with a commercial production company right after that too who's been great doing and really giving well. me commercials so that was the next step and it just it, having a video that big it's just the credibility for these commercial companies. I mean, most of the commercial like jobs I'm getting, their references for their commercials were one of the two Taylor videos. Really? So then they're like, oh, well, why don't we just get the guy who did the Taylor videos? To yeah, do it? it's just easier. <laughs> yeah. So it's it goes it also goes back on like the style thing, too. Like, you know, I can also I also get pigeonholed, though, like to where. People are like, oh, this guy only does the color stuff. He probably couldn't do this more muted thing or whatever. Um, so I'm in a specific niche, but I like being there and it allows me to get more single bids is what we call them mm -hmm. in the music or commercial what's a, industry. What's a single bid? A single bid is like, like with Taylor where he, she's coming just to me and me only. Like no one else. Is, I'm not fighting anyone for the job. Mm -hmm. Usually you're bidding against two other directors typically they'll pick three oh, directors total you three will write a treatment or a script or whatever and the artists will have all three of those and be like oh i like this one the best so what i mean for people like you know just getting into this industry what is a treatment like what a what treatment is, is yeah. sort of like a, in the mu in the music video commercial space you have treatments and they're kind of like a script but they're filled with images and design and you know you're trying to just in however many pages tell you know what is this going to look like with so other images off the internet visually you're writing it in there we're going to start the scene here at this start or this part of the song um, so, so you're pitching between like usually two other directors all everyone yeah. has a different idea Typically. of what they think would be great for the artist's new song right yeah and then you're showing a deck mm -hmm. or, well we call it a deck but a tree yeah. yeah a deck a breakdown of different slides of like what you think everything's going to look like for the music video. And then totally. the, the artist is like, yeah, I want to go with that idea. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and when you're first starting out, I mean, I used to do treatments and I, I'd heard like they were getting 30 other treatments. Oh, geez. That's so it was like, like you and 30 like a casting people. call pretty much. Seriously. Except, like, yeah. And I, now that I'm in a place, I don't have to do that anymore, but I am not kidding you. I've probably, written close to 150 treatments that have not been picked up wow yeah and, and you have like three days easy. to do them they're not easy to do you're you know so much time 
I have spent making treatments and not getting the job. And you're just and like it's practicing. Brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. And you can ask any music video director that they, they'll have the same story. And, you know, just touching a little bit more into that. So are you, are you always like, like always having like great ideas and you're like, they're for sure going to pick this up. Like I know this artist like yeah. so well that they're going to for sure like this idea. Are you usually shocked if they, they go with a random idea and they don't like totally um, the, the one every time think? I think I have the best idea I've ever written for the artist. That's when it doesn't get picked up. It's when I write an idea and I'm like, I really, I mean, I love everything I've written, but it's like, I'm like, hmm, maybe a little bit unsure about it. They're like, this is the best thing. I'm like, really? this is it. Like, let's do it. I'm always like, man. You're like, what? I have this other idea, though, <laughs> that is so good. And those ones I, I recycle. And I've recycled multiple ideas, and then someone will pick it up. Okay, so nice. so even, too, isn't that, like, kind of how music is? Like, people will, like, yeah. what what song Features will go? Features and stuff. Yeah, and even, like, the song will maybe go to Rihanna or, you know. Ex exactly. They'll choose, yeah. like, a different artist if, it, if they don't like it. Yeah. And and recycle it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Um what is what is the what is the one artist that surprised you on treatments? Like, whoa, they want me like for this, you know. Were you like made a treatment, and you're like, I hope I get this. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Taylor's a huge Felix one. Felix John, this uh German DJ with Marky Basie. Mm -hmm. Uh that one I remember being very random because I wrote it. I also just like let go on that and I wrote like I wrote an intro and I was like, you know what? Doing this my way or the highway, if they don't want it, whatever. And I remember getting that call and they like, were so stoked it. on it. And I was like, yes, like someone who wants to like push the bar a little bit. And yeah, and change yeah, their, their so idea. So that one sticks out to me a little bit. Um, what about, um, have you had an artist yet where they are like, I don't care what Drew wants. Like, let's just go with him no matter what oh, and yeah. whatever he wants to do. Who is that Absolutely. Um, oh, I can't say that one. Uh -huh. <laughs> who, Has okay. it not out yet? Is that no, why? No, no, no. That one, nah, I don't want to talk about that one. Um, okay. And say the question again. Sorry. Just anyone who's like, just no matter what they want to work with you, it doesn't matter what the treatment is. They just want to trust you and, and go for it. I mean, I think Quinn 92, for the most part, trust me with that. Um, and I would say Felix John, for sure. Because he's like After the our first one. video, he was, you know, he'd give me something and just be like, what do you think? Like, let me know what we're doing. So you've um, worked with him more than once. I haven't. We were going to do another video, Got and it. unfortunately, we weren't able to do it because of my timing, but that would have been one. Um, and how does that work? I mean, I feel like when we were in Iceland, we were talking about it, how, you know, these, how many days does this usually take for like these kind of projects? One, because you only have money to do one day. <laughs> It's well, annoying. commercials are different, though, Commercials right? are different. You usually have a lot more money. Got it. You know, and with bigger artists, you get more flexibility. You know, with Taylor, we we shot more than one day. Okay. Um, whereas 85% of my other videos were a one day. And how many hours? 14 to 16. Sometimes I've had a 27-hour shoot one time. Oh, gosh. That sounds brutal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? One second trying to think what i was gonna say to you i was gonna so so your transition into doing commercials yeah. did, do you do you like commercials better now no i well i'm happy i transitioned to them so late like right now 
because now that I'm doing commercials, like I, I have this music video style that's like transitioned over to them. So, you know, commercial companies, same as they come to me for the, the color or the quirkiness or the magical side of it. So it's, is it I, different? I like that. Is yeah, it no, heavily different? it's very different. Okay. I mean, music videos and commercials are so different from one another. Was it hard to do your first commercial and transition over? It was different because there is more clients involved and there's more rules. So more cooks in the kitchen? There's more cooks in the kitchen and there's a lot more rules. You know, they have branding rules and, and you know, how long a product needs to be on screen and what that product looks like and things like that. But there's also a lot more money and time <laughs> and you yeah, know, they like so, really want you to like put full crazy effort on like details. Of like for instance, usually we don't have the money to storyboard in music videos. Mm -hmm. You you storyboard every commercial, like yeah, because they want to make sure that like every yes, every shot for is sure. and exactly it's easier for me. It's better for me like that because when we go into the shoot, I'm like, well, here it is. It's all drawn out. Like yeah, set the camera up there, and all I'm doing is directing the actors at that point. And by the way, so. Um, our company did the storyboarding for Sugar Bear, their first commercial. Uh -huh. And that's storyboarding is so much work. Oh, yeah. For it, sure. Like you're drawing out each scene. Yeah. Like, and redrawing. Yeah. And every single detail of what's going to be in it and you have to get it approved. Yeah. So you go in there knowing that you're shooting exactly the scene, exactly mm -hmm. the scene next. And everyone knows where they're supposed to be. Um, it's very, very detailed. Whereas. Definitely. We did a music video, um, gosh, kind of a while back, but it was, it, it was more of a feeling of run and gun. Like we had an idea, mm -hmm. but you could kind of run with it like yeah. on the spot totally. versus a commercial where you have to like, yeah. really be detailed like that. So. Yeah. You can get a lot of arts here with the music video. So there's more room for being experimental. But even though you didn't know like the transition of that, do you enjoy commercials more now or? No, I, I don't enjoy one or the other. I mean, music videos will always have the most special place in my heart. Like it's even more than movies. Like I just, I'm so happy that I've gone the path that I've gone. I don't enjoy them more necessarily, but yeah, they're just special to me. But you get to also put you, in your creative energy more. There. Totally. Yeah. So that part is great. But at the same time, like, I, I've had, I don't know, I've, I've had a really good experience with commercials so far. And it's been, I think, a little different for me mm -hmm. because they've been, like, at least the ones I've been doing, they've been really trusting in me and, like, letting me flex their, uh, you know, let me twist and turn their concept a little bit more than I think they would let some other directors. Yeah. I, I don't want that to come off the wrong way, but it's been it's been really lenient, like in terms of creative freedom. And what do you re recommend to anyone out there trying to get into this business? I mean, like, what are the things that they should be prepared for? Because obviously I look at it as there's not that many directors, you know, like good mm -hmm. ones, you know, there's like a handful of like, okay, you know, they're, they're different, um, aesthetics, yeah. but to make it to where you're at, like what, what do you suggest they do? Like how to reach out to people and who to get involved with? Do they need to, you know, be under someone or, you know, under someone's wing? I mean, wing? I definitely think having mentors is like the most amazing thing, right? Like I had a few mentors that did a ton for me and now I'm trying to like pay the favor back to a few others. Um, I think a mentor is great, but I think just like having 
some sort of street like hustler knowledge i mean that was for me you know like i didn't go to film school i'm not saying you shouldn't go to film school film school is amazing but i didn't have that and so it was like being on the street and like having like a hustler mindset like meeting people being kind Mm -hmm. uh perception carrying yourself with a you know like you know everything even if you don't like you walk onto the set and you act like you know what you're doing even if you don't and like you'll learn you know and that brings me into like experimenting and and learning and trying to find a style i mean this is this computer is the everything for me i mean that's i learned 90 percent of what i know on the computer and 10 percent like out in the field yeah and that and you know i'm i'm about school and i'm about like being on the field in my industry i mean which is you know it all coincides like what you do and everything but i went to school for fashion and marketing but mm-hmm. i learned more about marketing just by being thrown into it yeah totally and and I think they both work, but also too, there's so much knowledge on YouTube. You can yeah. Google literally anything and yeah. learn how to do something. You can watch behind the scenes films or behind the scenes videos of directors directing. Mm-hmm. You can read tons of articles. I mean, there's, it's just, it's endless on the computer. And when people ask me where I went to school, I tell them I went to Safari University. And they're like, oh, that's a cool, that's an art school. I'm like, yeah, it's an art school. Like, I just mean Safari on the Mac computer because that's really where I learned everything. I mean, I would stay up at night and just YouTube. That's how I learned to edit. It was. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it was just like I'd get into the program, not know anything. I'd be like, okay, how do I do this? And then I would just type that into Google. How do I do this? And then and you I would just learn. kept and then I would, learning a yeah, little bit and I would by little. practice and just keep editing weekly and weekly. And then and I edited every single one of my videos until just recently, just because I'm trying to, trying to free up more time to direct and not editing takes forever but um with yeah that was all with, all learning on youtube with editing i mean i i helped one of my friends before edit but that is also a very the way you edit is also part of your craft i yeah, think totally you know because yours mm-hmm. i mean when we were in fiji remember we were doing for mochi the the girls uh doing yeah yeah the yeah. maids uh-huh. Just the way it looked, like how you did really close up and then really yeah, far. Mm-hmm. That is your editing style. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's a combination of of learning from others and coming up with your own own way. And yeah. I, yeah, because it's not only color, it's like how you 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 realize mm-hmm. like this needs to go here, this needs to look like this. Totally. And and editing is a lot of work for sure. So was that hard to give that portion up because some people yeah. like editing. I mean, I'm still involved. I still go to the editing sessions. I sit in the room, but I'm just not doing all the legwork as much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's editors, there's amazing editors out there that, you know, it's a collaboration experience and, and finding your editor is very hard. I, but I have a few that I like now. And why and is it hard to find? Just because I'm an editor, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I want it a certain way. And I, and I picture people always say that my shot lists are very made to like edit, like they're ready to go kind of to edit. And so, yeah, I have a, you know, I have a vision in my head of like what that it's going to look like. And then I hire someone and I get it back and I'm like, okay, this isn't what I thought. But at the same time, sometimes you get it back and you're like, whoa, I never thought about that. This and is great. And they made it a little Let's bit better just blend and stuff. Too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so where did, where did you go to school? 
Well, I went to school. I actually go to school. I went to school uh, at a junior college in San Luis Obispo called Cuesta College with the hopes of transferring into Cal Poly for business. I wasn't in film at all at the time. Oh, so you wanted to just strictly do business, but I didn't know what that meant. And but that's like, valuable no matter what. Totally. Like knowing s- stuff about business is valuable in Absolutely, anything you do. For sure. But I just like wanted to make money at the time. My mind, so I was a very different person. And uh, I ended up having sort of like a quarter life crisis. Like I just. Quarter, how old were you? <laughs> like 19. But I had such a low <laughs> self-esteem like up until that point that I just, I freaked out because I was like, I'm not good at anything. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I was like, I'm good at partying and that's about it. (laughs) I was like, I have no idea. And like selling things like that was all I was good at. I think that's relatable to a lot of people that go to school and just like, I'm going to just pick a subject that I can run with, you know? I was like, I was, I wasn't there to like do school. I never liked school. Yeah. And then I had an amazing life changing English teacher uh that shifted my entire not only my career path or what i was going to do but my kind of like life path what did she say to you she obviously she just like opened my mind up a lot and taught me mostly about like critical thinking and like questioning everything and showed me the movie fight or the book fight club which i finally understood like what a lot of the themes were in the the book and the movie and i was a fascinated by it and i kind of went by a lot of the rules in that movie in that book and I just, I didn't want to go the path that society tells you you have to go. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, go to school, go graduate college, get a girlfriend, like, dr- get a minivan, drive your kids to soccer practice. Like, and I'd seen American Beauty, and I was just like, I don't want that life. And I don't want to be in a cubicle, and I want to be happy. And how am I going to find happiness? And for me, it was like, find something that you love and make a difference with it, really. Like, that make it was, your own. Yeah, make, yeah. Like in like have an impact. I mm-hmm. mean, that was those were kind of the that hit me hard. And I was like, okay, well, how am I gonna do that? And she helped me, you know, find not find film, but like get me to explore things. And that led me to finding film just by exploring. That's and awesome. Yeah. So then I yeah, I did a few like I had sort of a I did skate videos when I was younger. So I like kind of, and I was always very computer savvy. So I knew how to do like a very basic edit, like very basic. And like, I knew how to like work a camera to the most part. So I had to cut a, cut a video together, two videos, three videos. And I was getting such good response from my teacher. The film teacher thought I had like, he was like, how long have you been doing this? Like, you know, this is a beginner film class or whatever. And I remember being like, I haven't. And he was like, come on like tell me and i at that moment i remember being like whoa this feels good oh, like, like for the first someone, time in my life yeah i feel like i'm good at something like i'm not on the b team like it felt good because you got validation yeah, from, totally yeah you and got validation absolutely and so, I, I think I, also too like there's so many kids that fall into what you're saying like they're so nervous to to get off the track of what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. like go to school do this mm-hmm. you know you can only do this route or you're not going to mm-hmm. actually achieve what you want to do mm-hmm. and you're a perfect example of like just test the waters i mean when you're that young you have so much time to yeah. fuck up you know absolutely and if you don't if you feel unsure about the path that you were supposed to and told to do it's okay to just 
do something else and then go back to it if you need to, if you need that safety net. Mm -hmm. But I think also that comes with having the right people around you who support you into what you want to do. My mom was always supportive. Like anything, I was like, mom, I want to do this, I want to do this. And she's like, go do it, you know, even though she was yeah. a teacher. But I think that she wanted me to go to school to just say I did it and like never have that. Yeah. I, I yeah. was, I Same was. Same with my, yeah. I mean, my parents at the time. I mean, cause after that, I was, I was like, I'm not going to go to Cal Poly. I'm going to go to UCLA film school. Uh, that English teacher, she thought that that was the best move too. And, and I was so stoked. I was like, I seemed like the perfect student to be able to do that. So I moved to LA and then I was waiting to get that letter to get in and I didn't. And mm -hmm. so then it became, you know, a thing with my parents where it's like, okay, well, you need to get back in school. Yeah. You need to and do it again. I was in LA and I was like, well, I'm going to get an internship for three months. That was cool for the time being. And then I ended up getting a paid internship and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go back to school. Like I'm in the field. I'm doing this. And I think my parents were definitely like, I mean, they've always believed in me. It's not that like, I think that they were definitely like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> this seems, you know, and I was like, I got seems like this. A risk. Like, and yeah. now I think they definitely, they're like, okay, like, you were right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had the same thing going on. I was always, I just did not like school. I felt like I was incapable of learning the way other people learned. I loved mm -hmm. art. Same. I loved painting. I loved designing and all those classes were always looked at as like, you're not that smart. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they, I was actually labeled that. Yeah. Like, in third grade, they were trying to hold me back. Like, like really school gave me the, the most low self-esteem from being held back from being, you should be in like this class, like, uh, you know, having, they like diagnosed me with like a learning disability, things like that, that I was like, my mom was always like, I don't know, but yeah, it, it messed me up, like really. Of course. I mean, school, like, even grades. I yeah, feel like the grades, grade, the grade system makes you feel incompetent Absolutely. to be anything. Yeah. I, I would be so nervous to get a B that I would study harder than anyone, but like weeks and weeks in advance because mm -hmm. I was so scared that that was going to label me as being stupid. You know, like yeah, I, I felt does. like I, I'm stupid. My All my peers are going to know I'm stupid. Yeah. And I would get straight A's in art though, you know, but no one would think that that was intelligence. Uh -huh. And it's so crazy to see now that being creative is a craft. It's like you're, you're intelligent in that way, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it's, you know, it, it's nice to see that kids can, you know, I, nothing against school. I think school's awesome, but I think also too, like people learn differently. You know, I, I don't think I should be in the same class if someone is a left left hemisphere brain yeah. and I'm mm -hmm. a right hemisphere brain. And but we're going after the same way of learning. Yeah. Because I don't learn yeah. that way. I learn visually. Like you show me a painting, totally. I can remake that. Yeah. My mom was very aware of that when I was younger. She wanted me to move to Southern California to go to a different school that they at the time I remember there were schools that were like pushing that. To be like, oh, this is a school where it's all hands-on. Mm -hmm. Like, we're specific for a type of learner. Yeah. And I think that that may be more prominent today. I hope it is. I hope so, too. But that is a, it's a good point because there are different types of learners. <laughs> yeah, and, and we shouldn't be in the same room. Yeah. Uh, because we learn differently. And we should. I, I don't think you should 
it should be a grade system, to be honest. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people that got better grades than me are are probably looking at what I've done and being like, wait a minute, totally. she got C's. Same, <laughs> I, I think I surprised 90% of my high school. And, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's so great because I even, I even posted today something about like, you know, now that you said that you had low self-esteem in school and there's so many kids out there that have low self-esteem. I mean, they're always looking at everything on social media and thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, how can I be that? Yeah. And I think it's really important to just have blinders on and totally. just go after what you want. And anyone who's successful has heard no so many times. Absolutely. And you've been, yeah. I've been ghosted so many times. And now, now when I get ghosted, I almost laugh because I'm like, this is great. Like you're going to be on that roster sheet that is going to be calling me later. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy it now. I love it. I, I, love I it. enjoy it because it's like, it's laughable. Yeah. And, yeah. and we've talked about this too before about, Remember in like uh, Miami swim swim week about what is it called being being well, brand nude? Yeah, brand yeah. nude. We would always talk about it about like you see people in LA and in Florida and they would act like they didn't know you. Yeah, and I, I can only imagine the people that know you now. Yeah, um, that probably brand new. I have you. that roster. You yeah, don't forget it. You don't. You have it so etched into your yeah. brain, and so do I. And I've actually had a few people that we're on that roster that you know you hear from now but i think it's really important to just not take it so personal you know yeah. like don't take it personal because that is gonna take away laugh from, at it yeah you have to laugh about it and you you want to just keep being motivated to do what you want to do like yeah. they shouldn't they shouldn't hold you back from doing what you want to do totally so um yeah so how I, I, we're going to bring on Quinn, which I literally thought his name was Quince, but we're going to bring on Quinn, right? Yeah. Quinn 92. Quinn 92, which which we need to talk about that. We can get right into it. I'm sure he's going to love this because the frustration Mike has with his (laughs) artist name, either being Quincy, (laughs) Quinn XCII. The guy with an XCI. I mean, I don't even know. He's, he's got a few names. I think we have Quinn on. It is Quinn 92. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Thank you for saying the name properly. Uh, you know, it's like a running through gnosis, but it's a running joke that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know how to pronounce the name. It's funny, like, even some of my, like, most of my fans, I would say, still struggle with that. So I, I've taken it, you know, I think pretty gracefully at this point. Like, I just, I kind of accept that it's not the easiest name to read or pronounce. So I, I'm, at this point, I just kind of laugh about it, but. Yeah, Drew still gives me shit for it, so it's good, I mean, it's good to be humbled every once in a while. <laughs> when I understand, because one of my business partners yesterday uh, texted, like group texted me with a brand and spelled my name with an A, and I was like super upset. <laughs> I was like, we work together, yeah. you don't know my the, how to spell my name yet, <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> um, but I even thought your name was Quince. So when I call, I actually, the first, you're going to laugh. The first thing I did after listening to your music on the way here, which by the way, I love, um, I was, I was, I called, I called Drew and was like, Drew, is it Quinn or Quince? (laughs) I just didn't want to get mad, like you mad at me. And I went right into it. I said, look at his Instagram post. He'll tell you all about it. Um, Yeah. I've literally been ranting a little bit about it. So it's more familiar now, like. Just check out the last little post I've made it. 
I love it. I mean, I, I get it. I think we, even too, for Coachella last year with Vamped, so many people would ask us what we were. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play off of this. We're going to make this whole year about who the fuck is Vamped, you know, and just like have people try to figure it out themselves. Cause like, I was so sick of people being like, what do you guys do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, we're an agency. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. So I get it. I get the frustration. Um, but I'm so happy for you to be on the podcast today. Me and Drew were talking about, you know, how we got started and we've been friends for a really long time and he always talks about you. And uh, I even too, when I was listening to you this morning, I I love that high right now song. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah. And the album came up on the screen and I was like, this is Drew. Like this is. You know, he had his little details and stuff and you guys collaborate so well. And how did you guys meet? Um, yeah, you both have different stories. Yeah, I want to hear what you say. I don't want to be off track here. (laughs) I think I'm pretty sure and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I think how we got linked up was we were searching for a director for a video for my song, Straight Jacket, kind of like the first song of mine that kind of got some popularity and we wanted to kind of match the song with proper visuals and we stumbled across this video for Black Bear which is funny you said that song because we don't have hire enough song um the song called Slide Through and Drew directed it and we were obsessed with the video so we were like alright who you know can we go in the info section of the YouTube page you know and find out who directed it and sure enough we saw Drew's name and we reached out to him and I'm pretty sure that's how we got. Yeah, that's it for sure. I mean, when we started, the first thing we ever did was a tour poster because I don't think that we were ready to do the video. And then I did the straight jacket album cover. But then when the video came up, we weren't, we, we weren't able to do the video and I can't remember why, but we ended up instead doing the next video, which would be fake denim. But to go back on that album cover, that song straight jacket has now gone gold and that's i just received a plaque for it the other day and, and mike has his plaque and it's it that's it's like the most special plaque i'll ever receive because it was the first record we worked on and and your first gold record right or no your second at the time no that was my first that was your first or, no, it was my second. It was it was my your second, second. yeah uh, yeah but still though yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really cool i forgetting you did that artwork too i know i mean i did it in like a day i remember and we were just like yeah let's go <laughs> wait so how yeah. how many music videos has he done with you so drew's done three so far wow. um a song called tough fake denim and then like you just said great jacket um obviously hoping there's more in the future but as of now it's just three but yeah but i we've think done, it's really cool I think, yeah but i think you I know think even uh, that doesn't sound like a lot of videos, but we've done, you know, we've always been friends. We've always bounced creative ideas off each other and kind of like had this unique relationship. And we, and then I did this creative direction on the last album, which, you know, was a, it it was just so seamless for us because we're like, Oh, we kind of know what we want to do and we just work well together. And it's a friendship. Is your radio on? Are you FaceTiming no, us? No, I my I'm driving. In my you want to see my pretty face or no? <laughs> no, it's okay. Hold on. Let no, me, it's uh, okay. 
<laughs> oh, I think we, we lost him. Hold on. He's going to come back on. It's okay, Zoe. Hold on. He's funny. Wait, I'm going to try to call him back. I totally see him right now. Driving his, what are you driving? He's fighting his orange just. Oh, are you there? Are you there? Hi. Hi. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, yeah. you're good. That was, that was awesome. You don't want to see my face. I understand. Okay. <laughs> great. Thanks. Mike, where are you headed today? Um, I'm, I'm, at, I'm actually on my way to the studio. So, oh, nice. Uh, kind of fitting. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm, I'm trying to just get Quinn right. The fact that you say Mike, I'm now I'm like, you know, uh, what I mean? I'm like, who are you talking to? My bad. Um, but for you guys to collaborate, I mean, Drew was saying that you guys have known each other for like five, seven years. I don't know. I okay. couldn't. I can. That's put a my, long time. My finger on it, but yeah, a while. But what? Why is it so important to collaborate with your brand and and create this aesthetic universally? Well, I think for me, I've always been it, it, like being in front of the camera has never been like that easy of a thing for me i think i've definitely like like warmed up to, to being in front of people you know recording me or taking photos um but it certainly took like a while to kind of get that comfortability mm-hmm. um but i think the reason it kind of has become a comfortable aspect of like what i do is because i work with friends of mine but to answer your question i think it's important to, to work with people who are close to you because you want to feel at ease and you want to you want the videographer or photographer to make you feel comfortable yeah and i think drew does that really well i think at this point and i are just kind of having fun with it so it never really feels like i have to like force you know like a pose or um, do something i don't feel comfortable doing like it's all very organic and we just sure enough have like the same ideas for most of like our aesthetics and like visuals so it kind of comes very naturally with the ideas we come up with um so yeah, but I, I think just going back to that topic of comfortability and like feeling at home is really essential, I think, in, in getting like the best stuff done. I I feel the same as you do because when I don't see Drew for a really long time, I'm really bummed. So I could only imagine how much you want him around to collaborate with because he's yeah. so he's so funny and so interesting of a person and like when i say interesting i i feel like you just think of the weirdest things and talk about the craziest stuff and i can only imagine the collaboration that you have with him like it's you he just thinks of things that you wouldn't think of and it's so inspiring and especially since you're in an industry that being creative is important i think being around that type of person all the time is really important to seeing you develop even as an artist and, and even for him to develop, like you guys collaborating back and forth totally. on both ends. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think it, it's, yeah, you're right. Drew, the way his mind works is very, you're right. It's nice to have someone who can kind of say things that you would have never thought of and approach, approach a topic with an idea that's super left and center. And I think Drew does a really good job of that. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of rare to find that, you know, you think out here in LA, there's just like videographers, pictures, chock full of people who, who can approach, you know, ideas in that similar mindset. But you'd be surprised. I, I think, I think there still is like something to be said for, you know, uh, a videographer like Drew who can approach a topic that's pretty like simple. Like some things that I bring to the table aren't necessarily the most dynamic and crazy songs. But he can then, you know, take it from his perspective and turn it into something that I would never, 
have approached him with this horn. So, yeah, that's pretty rare. So, I think I'm trying to hold on to him for as much as possible. Hopefully, he doesn't do more Taylor Swift videos. So I can still pretty, be soon, pretty soon, you're going to have to talk to his assistant. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm soaking in this moment right now. <laughs> I remember someone telling me that when they worked with Prince, that you Prince would stand there, but you couldn't talk to him. You'd have to talk to his assistant, and then his assistant would whisper in his ear and then re- report the. I will never do that in my entire <laughs> life. Mark my words. Drew, it's on. Drew, it's on video. It's on audio right Drew now. Drew says that now, but I could see Drew be. Maybe that way. just for Quinn and Lindsay right here, but that's not yeah, it. Yeah, do it for me. <laughs> But no, there's just something <laughs> special about Drew because even too, like I get so excited when he has time to go travel with us and, and do just fun video stuff. And he always just can think of the craziest shit on the fly. And you're like, what? <laughs> How did you even think about that? Mm-hmm. But even too, like mm-hmm. you guys, you know, you've worked on three music videos together. What else have you guys done together? The album covers. We've done some uh, yeah. tour visuals. Oh, I remember seeing those. Those yeah. were sick. That was that was awesome because you like make these visuals. You don't you know what they look like, but you don't get to see them on screen. Like, and then like, yeah. I go to Mike's show to Quinn's show here in LA, and he's an insane performer, the, one of the best performers you'll, you'll ever see live. And to see the visuals on the screen and him performing or like using them as you know, they are his stage, but it's like incredible. It's such a good feeling. And Quinn, what's the, I mean, you were saying how it's really, really important for someone who's directing you and and working with your friends on music videos. What's the difference when you're on stage? I mean, do you have the same kind of feeling of like, you know, I want to make sure that this feels right. And, but I mean, obviously your audience is there to support you and love you, but like, do you, are, do you get nervous still or? uncomfortable he's not not really no way i I think i think sometimes i mean sometimes i i get i kind of describe it as like if you would like going on roller coasters you still get that like butterfly jittery feeling even though you know the roller coaster is going to be super fun you still kind of have that like anxious sort of like okay when's this going to happen that's kind of what it is for me at this point it's like it's like i know the show for most part will go well but still kind of get these like positive nerves which which I think is a good thing because it shows you're not like numb to this anymore. Like mm-hmm. you, you still like treat this totally. as a new thing, and um, it, it's good to kind of feel that way because it's easy, I think, to get used to the shows happening every other weekend and playing in front of people. So I think I think I enjoy that fact that I can still get a little like you know positive reinforcement and butterflies in my system before I go on stage. But I wouldn't say it's nerves though. So yeah, but I mean, there's, there are some times all where I am nervous, but it's like. My mom and dad in the crowd, and I, you know, I want to make sure like I'm on a good show, but that's 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 like a handful of times. So, from a, a a business standpoint, I mean, it's it's obviously very important to collaborate with people that are going to challenge you, right, and pivot you, and and even too during this time, how have you pivoted as an artist? Yeah, it's been. I think that's such a good word. It's. I think all creatives have really tried to, like you said, pivot and, and, and take new direction for their brand and just like figuring out ways to kind of continue the narrative of who they are and what they have to bring to the table as, as, as an artist. Um, for me though, I've done stuff like I, I, host, I hosted a live game show on You hosted a live game show? Where we, uh, we had people, yeah, we, 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 we had people call in kind of like, 
Do you remember HQ, that game that everyone was playing at one point, like on their phone? I don't HQ, yeah. I you'd like know. call in and win, or you'd like do trivia and then you'd win money if you got like all 10 questions right. And really? they'd be pretty hard. Yeah. So he did a yeah. similar version. It was of like that. the best game ever. And so we, yeah, we tried kind of ripping it off. And um, we did like a little thing where we just had, you know, all the winners, anyone who won money, we would, you know, take those winnings and double it and donate it to like a COVID 19 relief fund so um it was good you know it was something we did for like five weeks i believe and it was just good to kind of raise money for everything going on right now but um in doing that though it kind of showcased sort of my personality and my sense of humor and i think that's something fans have enjoyed seeing it's just kind of like who i am outside of just the music um so and, and i've done a lot of that i think to kind of answer your question i try to pivot in ways that show another side of who Quinn is outside of just the guy who makes the music, music. you know? Um, because I, you know, I try to think, I think I'm kind of a goofy person. And so I want to make sure I can like show that to people and, you know, kind of yeah. offer them more than just a song. So, that's, yeah. And that's really important right now. Cause a lot of people are at home sad and showing that side of you, yeah. you know, gives them comfort. And even to like, that's such a great oh. way to connect with your fans and keep them like, interested on other levels of you which you were saying not just the music but also too like when when we see like even influencers like the reason why they're so relatable is because they can connect with them outside of just being like a pretty face or whatever you know so with you and your music i mean being relatable and being connected with your fans it makes them want to listen to your music more because you're human you know you're humanizing yourself by by showing your goofiness and stuff and like, Oh, I'm like that too. So I think it's really cool. I I think it's really interesting to see a lot of people pivot during this time and, and see what they have to do, you know? And, and also it's great for you guys because if you pivot differently and in the right way, I think during this time could actually catapult you even higher than I've seen some people just blow up during this time because everyone's on their phones and they're, they're wanting to be distracted and, and, and yeah, I think it's a great, great time for people to get views and, and their eye, mm-hmm. their eyes on stuff. So, um, Quinn, it was so nice for you to come on. I don't want to take too much of your time. I'm, I'm sure you have like a busy day, but it was so good to talk to you. I mean, I can only imagine you're a great person because Drew is. So the circle probably is very similar. And the phone failed. The- <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it failed. And that is, okay, wow. Well, at least he knows uh, if he listens back to this that. That we said nice things. We said nice things to him. (laughs) So I'm sure he heard it and then it failed because it just failed now. But wow, he's he's great. Yeah, he's such a good dude. I mean, really, like very genuine from Michigan. I mean, I went to his wedding and You did? I met, you know, I met his family and I met he has an amazing his wife is also a friend of mine, really just good people. Yeah, that's awesome. And so important to be around good people. Like In this industry, it's the most important thing. Yeah. You, the energies have to be aligned for me in mm-hmm. every aspect and I'm sure that you feel the same way about directing and stuff because you're kind of performing. Like when you go on stage, totally. you are performing yeah. in front of a huge crew. And, and how, how many people are usually in your crew? Anywhere from 30 to 100. Yeah. And yeah. you're the, they're all looking at what is Drew going to say to me? What is he yeah. going to do? And 
that's a big job totally. to perform totally. every single time and do it right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's, it is. It's like, I remember I heard a director once, Matt Alonzo, who was, was kind of a mentor of mine for a little bit. He was like, you know, every shoot I do, it's like going to the Super Bowl. It's like, this is game day. He's like, and I'm going in like, you know, he played it. He grew up in football and sports and that was like yeah. his thing. So he, he transitioned to that into his career. And I always thought that was interesting. And I, I've taken a little bit of that into my own like so directing you, style or like energy when I'm, you know, I come on and you're like, it's like, all right, this is the day. Like, yeah, let's go. You have one day. Yeah, exactly. Like and you prove. are, yeah. And like, I've always looked at it too, like, Look, someone's putting a lot of money into trusting me to execute this. So, mm-hmm. like, don't mess that up because I don't yeah. want to. I don't want anyone to lose their money. <laughs> like, no, for sure. You know, and, and I want to do it again with them. So, yeah, and there, that's that's the important thing I think in business is don't just think I'm getting a great paycheck right now and I can do whatever I want. You have to look at the value of mm-hmm. making this a long-term relationship totally. with a client. Because if you do it well the first time, they're going to, why would they want to waste their time working with someone else? You know, because mm-hmm. it's easier if someone knows your brand or knows, you know, everything yeah. about you. It's hard to just start over and have to start over with a new team and, and create a new relationship and hope they do what you want. And we obviously met on, a set that was like that like they worked with you for a really long time because you knew you knew their brand yeah. like in and out yeah. so it wasn't hard yeah. to it was convenient it not, was very it, con- yeah it was convenient convenient i don't want that to sound negative at all it's they still cared about everything <laughs> yeah. like but yeah. it was yeah i knew every i knew the brand i knew where we were going with it i knew what their needs and expectations were and and they also you know and they gave that back to me like it trusted me a lot and yeah it's i spot on what you're saying yeah i i feel like that's also too why we've worked with so many brands for a long time because it's like if she knows how to do it if she does Mm -hmm. it well if she's communicative why are we going somewhere else to find the same thing and then maybe possibly risking risking everything totally yeah it's just not worth it especially in this industry we all know each other at some level so um it's small be nice to people it's really small and thank you for saying that just be nice you never know that one person that you think doesn't know anyone Mm -hmm. probably knows everybody i've heard from i've heard this i hear it all the time like people would rather work with someone who is nice and if the talent levels even if someone's just a little bit more talented than the other person but they're mean it does not matter like they want the nice person and that happens a lot and that happens with me too like there might be a certain person that might be a better at their job than the other person by a little but i will pick the nice person all day well because you can also teach them they will grow into what you want but you can't teach niceness yeah you can't and and I even had a client yesterday. We talked for two hours and he's like, honestly, I just want to work with you because I enjoy talking to you. Mm-hmm. Not like he, I, I could probably not tell him anything I'm good at, but it's the right now, especially we're having a lot of conversations. So it's who do you want to talk to every day and like get deals done and marketing and even for you, like who do I want to be on set with and the process of it yeah, for this whole absolutely. time. Yeah. So that that's really important in business. Mm-hmm. You, you got to, you always got to be nice, bite your tongue, you know, totally. and and know that the longevity of clients is super crucial, especially for now. Like people mm-hmm. are having to pivot and wanting to only work with good people. 
and wanting to work with people that are dedicated, motivated, driven, and understand the vision of their brand. Uh-huh. And is has there been some brands that you've worked with that you're like, man, I don't understand their vision, but I'm going to figure it out like yeah. because you see the value of it? Uh-huh. All the time. I mean, <laughs> All the time. All the time. No, I mean, that comes, yeah, for sure. That comes up and and... Have you worked with any brands recently or in the past where you didn't see their vision and you had to really like kind of, you know, I I feel like there's some brands I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for them? You know, but have you either like, I mean, when that, when that happens, I'm always like reaching for collaboration as Mm -hmm. much as possible and just like understanding it to the fullest without me just doing someone else's thing. Like I still have to have my level of me in there right mm-hmm. so like finding that bridge but like i'm a, i'm a i love collaborating like i love co-directing with people i love having creative directors on jobs and like getting input i always tell people on set from the production designers the producers the dps i'm like look like give me your input like this is a team that. sport yeah like, so and definitely if that answers your question yeah no, i don't think a lot of people know that i i think it's important to have collaboration because you don't want to be the only important person in the room mm-hmm. because everyone ha- i even think interns have so much knowledge right now they grew up with a phone you know yeah, remember totally. that remember that in marketing the person that you think doesn't have the most education might have the most education even though it's not on a degree you mm-hmm. know so it's always important, I think, to collaborate with people and find what they think works and stuff. And yeah. obviously you're the lead in everything, but it doesn't mean that their knowledge to what they see in their perspective isn't of value. Absolutely. Um, regardless of what their position is. Um, and then, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think we covered a lot of stuff today. I'm like really excited for you, like for the future, Drew. Thank you. What it, What is... What is in the works? Or films, can you talk films. about anything? I can talk about it. Yeah, I can definitely talk about it. Um, I mean, I'm working on a film right now with XYZ Films that Amazing. hopefully will be shooting very soon here. Just once everything, COVID That's and everything's right. ca- yeah. yeah. So they've been great, super supportive. And then I'm kind of just working on developing a few others. Uh, I don't want to go too far into those, but... Are these more independent films or... Yeah, I'd say they're... I mean, I wouldn't say they're super independent. They might feel a little bit independent on the screen because that's like the style yes, I'm yeah. going for. But no, I wouldn't say they're independent, but they're also not like blockbuster movies, you know? They're well, in a, they're blockbuster's in a nice, not around, so you're, in a, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a nice, ra- uh, comfortable range for first-time filmmakers. We Got call it. it. Yeah. But are, how excited are you? I mean, I'm you're, super excited. You're being able to do something that This is you've... what I've worked for forever. Like, And how, how many years has that been now? That you've worked for this. I've been doing film exactly ten and a half years. Okay, so you've you've definitely perfected I mean, your craft since I did that class and picked up the camera. Got it. Like and I've been directing seriously, directing for maybe five, five years, five or six years. That's that's not that much. No, to be honest, to get to the level not, where you're at, yeah. people will do risk their whole life to at least hope to get that like a famous person on one of their their videos it seems like shorter time but it did feel like forever because i mean there was definitely points where i was like why can't i get a taylor swift or a a ariana katie or post malone or whatever i was like why can't i I, i'd see the videos and like i can do this Mm -hmm. like 
what's it going to take? And just shoot, shoot, shoot. And now you're, now you're saying no to people. Is that the level you're at? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. You just got to be pickier. Now I'm pickier because there's, I'm also like dealing with commercials and film and my, there's more time that I need. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I try not, you know, I'm now focused mostly on like what, you know, how much freedom do I have in the creative? Do I love the song? And like, how is this song going to do? The song gears the video so much. If you have a big song, you're going to have a big video. Yeah. So they go hand in hand. And I look for that now. I'm like, will this song blow up? Because I want it to blow up because I want everyone to see this. And if you don't I've feel that way. I've done so many good videos that I love that are some of my favorites that haven't even reached a million views. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's something you look for now. If you feel like the song yeah, is huge. Totally. It's, it's important to be a part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess music video to, to know know the value of it. Yeah. Whereas if you hear a song that you don't really care for, you're you're more yeah. opposed to it. Yeah, I want to love the song and I want to know that it's going to be out in the world. Got it. And, and that's also too like just making sure your time's worth spent, right? Because yeah, you're doing sure. so many things and yeah. you don't want to just do a project. It's you're at a level where you don't yeah. have to do a project just to do a project. Yeah. There was a time I remember I did turn down a video. This is when I first started out. I turned down a video. They had no money for it. And that song ended up going, I think, top 10 Billboard. It was for Dea. Oh, wow. When she yeah. was, she wasn't even 18 at the time. I don't remember how old she was, but they were begging me to do the video. And I was like, there's, I've been doing free videos for you guys, for your other artists. Like, I need some sort of money here. Yeah. And it's not, it's, I don't regret it or anything, but it was just, you know, that happens. And when it blew up and became a massive hit, sure, did I, I would have loved to have the video there. But, you know, you just, I don't want people to be like, oh, I'm not going to work with this, do this song because the artist isn't big enough. You got to focus on the song, not the artist. And if you love it and enjoy if it. If it's a small artist and that song feels really good, do it because, yeah, you never know. Yeah. I'm so happy you came. And I think it was really fun to talk to Quinn and you and, really understand the business that you deal with day in and day out. And I'm so proud of you. you. I've seen you grow up into this and you deserve it. You're a hard worker and it shows, it proves like you work at hard at something, it will pay off. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Love you.